Hello, my name is Nicole Moreno-Dinser, and welcome to Epifiana Presents Relate and Elevate. It's a podcast where Latinx and Latina entrepreneurs share their stories. We here at Epifiana believe there is no right way to be Latinx or Latina. So immerse yourself in our culture, and thank you. This is episode 76. In this episode, you will meet a podcaster, entertainer, and a mother, all in one, Valentina Izarra. She is the founder of Mamas con Ganas podcast. She empowers Latinas to thrive as known as prosperar. Hello, I'm your host, Jasmine Perry, and welcome back to another episode of Epifania Presents Relate and Elevate. I am with the one and only Mamas con Ganas podcast host. Can you please introduce yourself? Yes. Thank you, Jasmine, for having me on your podcast. This is super cool. My name is Valentina Isarra. I'm Venezuelan-American with a little French twist. I grew up, I was born in Venezuela. I moved to the States when I was six years old, and then I moved to France, and then back to the States, back to France, back to the States. So by the time I was like graduated high school, I went to seven different schools. I grew up in a very international world, I could say. And yes, like you said, depending on the day and the time, I put on different hats. And as an entertainer, an actress, I'm a dancer. I am the podcast host of Mamas Con Ganas, my digital platform to empower Latinas. And a mother of three boys, very uh, energetic boys. I have two biological boys and a foster son. Oh, wow. I didn't know you had three boys. Then you're busy. You're a busy mom. Okay, so since you're telling me a little bit about yourself, I was reading a little bit about that you have, you're saying that you've moved you moved to different places. I was reading that you have a little bit of German, French, and you also have Latin in your blood. Can you explain a little bit about that? That's very interesting. Yeah. So like I said, I was born in Venezuela. So Uh my native tongue is Spanish. Then I learned English. I moved to France. I lived in France for four years. The first time was with my parents. My dad was transferred there because he worked for GE. And then the second time I wanted to go back and finish learning my French. I lived with a French family for a year in my junior year of high school. And so I got the experience of living with a, with a French family who I still call my French family. I have a French mom and dad and a French brother and sister. So I speak English, Spanish, French. I took um, Italian. I was almost fluent in Italian in college. I took German also for like 10 months. So I love, I'm very passionate about languages. Mamas con ganas. Can you like tell like people a little bit about like how to get to your service, like how people can get a hold of it, like what you do in it. Just give us a brief bio about Mamas Con Ganas. I was looking for a way and an outlet as to make like positive content for, I would say my people, which is like a a bicultural people. Like, Like I said, I grew up in all different types of worlds in between the Latino and the Americans and the French and the European world. And I wanted to have a voice. I feel that it's very important for women, particularly minorities. And women, women, we need a voice. We need like women writers and producers and content creators right now. Um, And Latinas, we have the least representation in American media. Like we're the biggest minority and yet we have the least representation. And when we are represented in the media and in movies and as an actress, it can be kind of frustrating because we're either represented as like the hot girlfriend or the houseworker. So there are very few roles for us. And it got to a point where I realized that as an entertainer and as an actress, I was getting tired of just waiting for roles to come by. And I started to think to myself, how can I have a voice in this entertainment world, but be in charge of my own content? And then podcasting 
the idea of having a podcast came to me and I'm like, you know what? The one thing I can talk about without stopping is self-improvement and like the self-help world because I'm sort of a self-help junkie. And I, those are all the books that I read are because it's a journey of self-improvement that I have that I wanted to share with my audience. And I know that there's a lot of women like me. And also in Spanish, that information is not very readily available like it is in English. There's a lot of self-improvement podcasts in English. The main, I would say, gurus of self-help are all Anglo. They come from either um, the United States or Canada or Australia. But in reality, there's very few creators of self-help content in Spanish. So I wanted to have a podcast that was bilingual, which my podcast is bilingual, my digital platform. You can go to the Mamas con Ganas podcast and find it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. Now we're available on Audible, on Amazon. We're also on Pandora. So for me, it's been a great way to create a voice and also share like everything that I am learning through this journey. I also take a lot of courses. I've taken over like, it's like hundreds of hours of self-improvement workshops that I've done. I've been a, a leader in like Tony Robbins. Like for example, last year, he has a huge event. I don't know if you know the motivational coach, Tony Robbins, right? He's like the biggest motivational coach in the world. And he has a huge weekly event called Date with Destiny. And I was lucky enough to be one of the leaders. So I've gone through all his training programs. I've done Unleash the Power Within. I've done Wealth Mastery. I've done Life Mastery, like all of the ones together. And along with some other self-help workshops. And so sometimes what I do is that I basically grab the information that I learned from those things and I just transmit them to my audience. So that's like, that's my passion. I have a website, mamasconganas.com. So yeah, that's how I started it. So how did your vision, like what problem gap did your business help to solve? So did you have any gaps or problems when making that podcast become yeah. real life? Yes, yeah, so like I think it's interesting because, you know, I'm very adamant about making my platform like bilingual because I feel like that's who I am. But my bigger audience is in Spanish because I think there is a need in okay. Spanish to learn about how to empower your mindset. So the majority of my podcast episodes are focused around mindset improvement, because whether we think we can or we think we can't, we're right. It's all a matter of whether we're, we think that we're capable of something in life. If we see a window of possibility for ourselves and we believe in ourselves to be able to accomplish those dreams, our mindset is very different than if we stay stuck in this victim mentality and think that the world is against us. We'll have different thoughts. And our thoughts will create different emotions. If our thoughts are empowering thoughts, and if our thoughts are positive thoughts, we'll create positive emotions. And those positive emotions will fuel those actions that will lead us towards success. So the majority of my podcast episodes are built around how to create this empowering mindset and get rid of those limiting beliefs that we all tend to have, you know, and get rid of the fear. Not that we get rid of fear in general, because I think that's that's impossible. We'll always be fearful as we strive towards our goals. Mm -hmm. But it's facing those challenges in life and facing those hard moments and being able to push through the fear and being able to create an environment in your life where you're fueling those positive thoughts so that when you do come across obstacles, which we do daily, we'll be able to push through and get to the other side. No, you're so right about that. It's like you have to channel that inner you because if you want something you're like okay like for instance you know I'm a journalist although I'm doing these little like interviews like one day my goal is to 
work in a local news station and do like actual interviews with people like how you and I, but for a local TV or national TV. And I have to like channel myself. I am a journalist, Jasmine. It's okay. You got to push yourself. Even if you're nervous, scared, even if you're going to mess up, no one's perfect. Everyone messes up. It's all about doing your job, showing what you got. It's so true because that's one thing people are afraid of is going for their goals and your podcast pushes Latin women to do that because a lot of women, I feel like a lot of my friends, I would say they are still in the same, like it's been already like what, 10 years since I've left home, almost 10 years. And a lot of my friends are still in this, doing the same thing. They haven't moved from more like moved from town. They're still doing the same thing. And I'm just like, you need to go up, go out, grow up, like do your thing, like what you've always dreamt about doing. Cause that's what life is about. We grow, we move on. Right. So I think it's amazing that you have this podcast to motivate women out there. It's funny because as I go along my journey in motivating women, because I've become in the process, I've become, apart from being an actress, I've become also like a motivational coach. And actually I'm in, I'm in Las Vegas right now because I'm celebrating the new president of the American Dental Association. So last year I had the exciting opportunity to be his media coach. So I coached him as an on-camera coach and motivational coach to pump him up for his political campaign so the ADA, the American Dental Association, is basically the biggest organization to represent dentists in, in the United States. And Cesar Sabates, the new president of the American Dental Association, happens to be the first Latino and the first Floridian president of the ADA. So I, I was lucky enough to be able to give him the tools to win, you know, like I was part of that, of his momentum to, to get to presidency. And it was very exciting. So going back to what I was saying is, as I am motivating women through my platform, it's like I'm learning the tools for myself to grow. Mm -hmm. They say that we're always teaching where we are learning, in fact, for ourselves. So as I talk about overcoming fear, I realize that in my life, I'm, that's exactly what I'm doing at the moment that I'm talking about it. So it's beautiful because it forces me to practice what I preach <laughs> in yeah. a way, you know, as I'm telling my, my listeners, like, listen, you can get through this, you know, we got to stay positive and there's a way to protect yourself against the negativity in the world and to really empower yourself. I'm doing that as I'm moving along. So as I'm doing it for others, I'm in fact also helping myself, which is, yeah, I wasn't really expecting it, but I guess that's the way that life works, right? No, yeah, no. And it's a win-win. Like I said, like you're learning as you're growing and like in your industry, because it's what you do and you meet so many people and not everyone's the same, which makes things a lot better and challenging at the same time. Absolutely. Another question, how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business? Like what struggles, if any, did you face in the initial stage or do you face any now? That's a good question. I try to focus on the fact that I have a message to deliver. Mm -hmm. And I don't let, or I don't try to let who I am or think too much about how other people are going to perceive me. I grew up in a world where I was always the different one. When I came to the States and I was younger, I was like the Latina one. And then I moved to France and that was the American, the, the American. Then I came back to the, the States and I'm again the Latina. So, you know, people will always try to box you in into a category. And, you know, and even though I'm blonde, so I kind of have, I would say an easier, like, 
way of fitting in, in a way, into the American society. My sister is different, though, than I. She has, like, the beautiful dark, olive dark skin, and she looks more, quote-unquote, Latina than I do. But I think that if we pay too much attention as to, like, things that can hold us back, then we're just setting ourselves up to focus on how other people perceive us or the limitations that they want to impose on us. As a Latina woman, I try to be the best example of what I want people to see the Latin community as. I want people to know that there are highly educated, successful Latina women who are entrepreneurs who are. So I try to encompass what it is that I want people to see us as. Yeah. Without trying to give too much power to the stereotypes that they're already going to have on me, because that's going to be something that I can't control. I try to focus on like what it is that I can control and how it shapes what I do is very simple, bilingual podcasts. So my podcast is very influenced by the fact of who I am. It represents who I am to the T. I live in a world that's very dual. I live in the Spanish world and in the English world all at once. And that's how it's affected my business. And if I were to have done a podcast only in English, I felt like part of me would have been taken away. So as we do a business, if we try to give it the parts of us that make us sparkle, I guess, in a way, you know, give that spice of who we are into what we do, and we put it in there. I think there's people that are, that will identify with us no matter what. I totally get you. And I, and I relate with you 100% on that. With everything you said, when you said blonde hair, like before I started going to school for broadcast journalism, my hair was blonde like yours. But I had to dye it my natural hair color because for TV, you had to look natural. You couldn't just have blonde hair and like my eyebrows are brown, you know, it just didn't match. But people did perceive me as white. Like people thought I was just American that had no Latin, like especially because I live here in the Midwest in Missouri. When I bump into because there is Latin people out here, there's Latin communities. And when I would go, they would just speak to me in English and I'd be like, no, no, yo hablo español. And it just makes me feel good to show my roots of who I really am. And that's how I can relate to you with you're trying to be Mexican-American and then you have family in Mexico. I'm, I have family in Mexico and I try to be really Hispanic, like Mexican. So I'm like here and here. There's that saying. Have you ever watched Selena when the dad tells him that? What's that quote? I forgot. Like we were trying to be Mexican for the, for the Mexicans that we are or like Mexican-American. And I was like. That's yeah. So cool. yeah, like when you're here, you're not Latina enough. Yes. Oh, no, sorry. Not American enough. And when you're in Latin America, you're not Latin enough. And that would happen to me when I would go back to Venezuela in the summers. My accent in Spanish is actually quite neutral, which is actually something that I've done on purpose because pretty much the majority of my auditions in Spanish, I have to have a neutral accent. So I had to have an, a coach to make my accent neutral. But when I go back to Venezuela, they'll listen to me. And they're like, are you Venezuelan? Or are you? And then they'll start guessing all sorts of different nationalities. It gets to the point where you're just like, I guess I am who I am. And people will love me for who I am as an individual and as a unique person. And whoever doesn't, well, oh, well. <laughs> That's great. No, it's great that you look like, because when you said you, you know, you're Latin, but then I was like, I don't know. I feel like she says that she's learned German. Like I could see her living in Germany for some reason. And also because you have blonde hair, we perceive you as like, oh, she's from Germany. So you look- No, I lived in France, not in Germany. In France, but like, if you were saying like, I lived in Germany, I'd be like, I can see that. 
could see that. You could see that. You you do look different, but that's good. It's it's a mystery, and that's something we should be proud of. You know, it's interesting because the whole you know I always say the thing about race it's no matter what the person looks like, you can't really be sure of what their ancestry is. I just recently did my 23andMe. So I was thinking like there was going to be, yeah, mostly European and like pretty much all Spaniard. And it turns out that I'm like 21% indigenous from the Venezuelan Colombian region and like 6% African. So I have slave ancestry also from like like literally Liberia, which is one of the countries where they mainly were bringing slaves to the Americas. So it's like, you can look a certain way, but you can never really be sure of what somebody's ancestry really is. And so I think sometimes this whole debate about race is kind of like, we're just human at the end. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be loved. And we all want to be included and feel welcome in society in general, you know? I've been actually meaning to try that, the ancestry thing where you have to like order your I don't know, the supplies where you have to like, I don't know, spit in a tube or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I thought about doing it, but I don't know. I still don't know. But I do want to know about my ancestry. It's, it's, I feel like it's very important. You never know. Like whoever is listening, what if you are Latin and you don't even know it? It could happen. And at the end of the day, I think it is, you feel whatever you feel, regardless of that. Some people find out that they're basically all European blood and then they feel like, oh, well, I'm not Latino at all. But that's not fair either, because if you think if they grew up in Latin America and the only thing they know is Latin America and that's what they feel and that's what they identify with, who's anyone to say what you are? I feel like that's a very personal thing. Like I have no French blood whatsoever. But if you ask me, my heart's split in like three places. Like I'm Venezuelan, American and French all at the same time. And no, no matter what anybody says to me, nobody can change your heart or where your heart is and what you feel. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, I did, I did visit France. I don't even know how I forgot to tell you, but I did visit France. It was beautiful. Paris, of course, everyone goes to Paris, the city of love. It was beautiful. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It was amazing. Beautiful country. Yes, it is. Okay. Um, How easy or difficult was it for you to find what you needed to start your business? Like information, people, money, and materials. I think we're living in a very important and like amazing time in the sense of information gathering where there's a will, there's a way. If anything, I think there's like an excess of information that can sometimes send us on a, on like a, down a rabbit hole of feeling overwhelmed at all the information that you can find with regards to building your business. So the information is there. What you need to build your online business, I think if you're willing to do the work, you'll find it. If anything, my, my issue was, how do I filter the information so that I don't feel this sense of overwhelm and that sense of feeling like I need to do everything at once? Because I think that's one of the things that could deter somebody from going into entrepreneurship or into building their own online business is the plethora of information that's out there and, and then feeling like, well, I'll never learn all that. Particularly when it comes to like technology and technology moves at such a rapid pace. What I do, I've had to learn a little bit about everything, a little bit about social media marketing, a little bit about SEO and search engine optimization. And of course, when we start a business, we always look up to the people who have already had like 15 years experience. So they have like 15 years behind their belt, on their belt, right? I don't know what the experience is, but 15 years of experience that they've already gathered. And we're looking at them like, oh, I want to be like them. And then you try to implement all the tools that they're implementing without remembering that at some point, the way that their business looked like was very different from the way that it looks like Mm -hmm. today. 
or you're seeing them super successful. So one of the things I had to learn was, okay, let me take it down a notch. Let me start, let me do one thing at a time. You know, slow and steady, I think wins the race. One of the things that I had to really tell myself was, okay, this is not a sprint. <laughs> this is a marathon. And for Valentina, I'm like a very intense personality. I have a very intense personality. Patience is not one of my virtues. It's a virtue I have to work on consistently. So I want like results like now, you know? And your mom, yes. your mom teaches us patience. <laughs> that's the number one thing. You know? Your parent, patience. Yes, patience. So I think that's why God sends me th stuff this way. I, I really believe that he sent me three boys. To say, he blessed okay, you with three boys. So you can be like, let me teach you patience. <laughs> this is the way you're going to learn. <laughs> Yes, I know you're not going to like this very much. Let me teach you patience. And then with the entrepreneurship, it was the same way. It was like, I needed to have patience with myself. Mm -hmm. You know, that I was only able to move at a certain pace. Like I couldn't be comparing myself to others. I think that's another pitfall that we can go into is, is that constant comparison to other people. Like comparison on social media, we see it like, oh, we see somebody that has like a business structure similar to ours. And if we fall into comparing our, our life, like our life's journey to them, we'll never be happy. We have to move at the pace that we can move at. Sometimes as a mother of three, I know that sometimes that's what also not holds me back because I feel like you can be a work, you can definitely be a working mom and, and go for it. Some of the most badass women that are out there <laughs> are amazing women. There you go. I'll say that. Some of the most amazing women that I admire are both mothers and entrepreneurs, but everybody has a different life's journey and we can't be comparing ourselves to anybody else, or we'll give up before we even start. It's so true. And you were speaking of technology and that brings me to this question, like what's your favorite technology tool and that you use for your business for Mamas Con Ganas and how has it, does it improve your business? That's a big question. There's lots of things that I use. My website that I've had to learn is like, is WordPress, but I know a lot of people who don't use WordPress and then they have great websites. I use a plugin that's called Pretty Link, which I love because it makes me be able to grab the link for my podcast and make it short into for my episode. So when I say to my listeners, go to this episode, I just say mamaconganas.com forward slash and then the number after it. And I don't know why for me that was so exciting because it allowed me to be able to share the links to my podcast in like an easy way. But yeah, right now everything is so readily available for us. Everything. I use Lipson, I love as well for as a podcast host. And then the video editing software right now, like there's so many things that used to be so complicated to do, you know, and you as a journalist and a broadcast journalist, know they're like, they weren't so easy to do back in the day. Like even the simple fact of being able to take a picture and extract the background of somebody and be able to put that picture of that person somewhere else, it was like impossible to do back in the day. You had to have a green screen, you have to have this and that. And now I just honestly think that there's no excuse for us not to do our work. <laughs> you, you, know? can, you can do everything basically on your phone nowadays too. It's amazing. So, it's amazing. Yeah. So that technology has really advanced. It's helped a lot of journalists, especially during the time that we are living in with COVID pandemic. So I feel like if it wasn't for technology, like how would we be right now? It's amazing. I'm, I feel like everything just happens for a reason. It all falls in place and why things happened at the right time sadly is happening now because a lot of people are not meeting how we are. We're doing a social media. We're doing zoom for the podcast. This is how we're speaking to ourselves. But imagine if this wasn't existing, how would we do our podcast 
like we can't because we this wouldn't exist you know what I mean so it's it's I don't know I'm very happy that technology's here and we can all use it and find access to what we need I was going to ask you too, is there a business that you follow that, that helps you strive to be? And what about that business attracts you and how are you different from them? Yes. There's a woman who's a life coach that I love. I love her podcast and I love her business structure, but she's like, when you see somebody like, like up here, like she, her name is Brooke Castillo. She's probably like, I would say the female version of Tony Robbins. She's this mega life, like a master life coach. And I love her episodes. Her episodes are like 20 minute long and, and they're like, you just get something out of it every single day. She's a very empowering woman. When I listen to her, like when I listen to women like her, because there's a lot of them out there, I just feel motivated. And that's the kind of people I like to listen to. And they say that you're the average of the five people that you hang around with the most. So I like to say that the people that I hang around with the most are the people that I'm listening to that I admire. And it's really important because your content the content that you listen to will really shape who you are as a person and particularly the thoughts that go into your head. Yeah. So in a very powerful, powerful way, I always say, if you are feeling pressed, I mean, 12 years ago, I went through a really hard, difficult divorce. It was a two year long process. And I went through like a depression. And the thing that saved me, I would say, was positive content. Like the focus that I had on just actively looking for uplifting content. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that I think, and it's free. That's the reality. In today's world, when I'm feeling really crappy and I wake up and I feel like, oh, I don't have the motivation. I just put on one of these people that really motivates me and it changes my day completely. I'll wake up in one way and then I'll listen to it and I'll become a different way. And it does shape also your environment because you start looking at the world through a positive lens and there's nothing more powerful than that, particularly when we're going through a crisis or when we're going through really tough challenges, which life, as you know, it is a challenge. Sometimes we're going, you know, we have our highs and then sometimes we have our lows. And I think that's one of the things, the most powerful things that we can do. Did you do Mamas Con Ganas podcast when the divorce was happening or did you come about that after? After. It was actually one of the byproducts, I think. I don't think Mamas Con Ganas would have ever existed had I not gone through mm -hmm. what I went through. I went through a period of time in my life where I was so down that I wanted to disappear. I remember having that thought, like I want to disappear. And I lost so much weight and it was, and I lost the weight and I didn't even do it consciously. But the thought that was running through my head at that time was like, I want to disappear. I want to disappear. I want to disappear. And it's weird how it started being evident in the external world. I started losing all this weight without me even doing it on purpose. And like I said, what saved me was listening to Oprah and reading books like Debbie Ford. I read uh, this amazing book called The Spiritual Divorce. It changed my life. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking at that moment that I read the book, I go, I can't believe somebody that I don't know could so profoundly change my life. And Debbie Ford died, uh, you know, several years after I had read her book. And I remember crying over her death as if she had been like an intimate friend of mine. And I remember thanking her, like as an energy, you know, thank you so much because you saved me. Like at a moment, it's crazy how, how much impact we can have with other people 
through this sort of media without even knowing how much we're actually impacting their life in a, such a, a profound way. And as an actress, you know, I would say like people, people think and they have this idea that when you're an actress, that what you want to do is become famous. And that's like the one thing that you want. But in reality, for me, it's never really been about the fame. I mean, I want to be successful. I want to be able to make a living as an actress. Like I think every living actress wants that, you know, but in reality, it's what I see when I portray a role, what I gain is a sense of connection. And in the sense that somebody who has a completely different life experience, you know, and, and I'm reading somebody whose life has been completely different, who's had a ton of traumas that, ha that I haven't, who's had a completely different life experience. And then I'm supposed to portray them in that role. What I get is a sense of compassion for people that are completely different from mine, for people who have had a completely different life experience. And it's that connection, that sense of connection that we all have as human beings. Like our, I think our pain and our joys are all interconnected. And when we really are able to have empathy with other people and have compassion for people that have lived through different circumstances is when we're, as human beings, able to connect with everybody else. I think connection is one of the most, is the most powerful thing because the vision in, in our world exists because we, we're not able to connect with somebody who has had a different life experience and their life experience has shaped their opinions in the way that they are. And we immediately want to judge them because their opinions are different from ours. But in essence, I believe that no matter who we are, what race, you know, religion, nationality, that at the essence and at the bottom of everything, we have so much more in common than we could ever imagine with those individuals that are completely of a different race, color, nationality, religion. And I think that's one of the things that I try to explore or I try to transmit to my audience, because I think the most powerful thing about self-help is that not only that self-analysis of realizing like where our weaknesses lie, but because when we realize where our weaknesses lie, we are also more accepting of other people's weaknesses mm -hmm. rather than judging. Because I think when we judge others, ultimately who we're judging is ourselves. And when we stop judging ourselves so much and and start really accepting who we are and loving ourselves profoundly, not from a, a, oh, I'm so good. I'm so, you know, not from like a prideful way, but from a from sense of real connection to the divine, whatever you believe in. We have that sense of connection of I'm worthy just because then we realize that other people are worthy too. You're very right. I've never been through divorce. I've had a few friends. I've, I've met actually a lot of people especially, and I'm going to say it, especially in the military, I've witnessed a lot of divorces and they're all different types of divorce. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like you said, at the end, it's all the same. Everyone's the same, everything at the end of it. It's, it's really sad because I've have a friend who went through a divorce and she is now a life coach and she's so positive now. And she's like a whole different completely person like I'm just I tell her like you are not the person that I met when you were with that person you are now more she helps people who have depression with have negative thoughts she went into bikini competition and now 
she's showing what she got. She works out. And that's another thing too, like working out. I don't know if you work out. I know you dance. I know you do salsa. I feel like that's some working out. Um, I saw your video, by the way, with Yeah, you're 35 weeks pregnant and you're dancing to Despacito by Luis Fonsi featuring Justin Bieber. And I was like, oh my gosh, get it. I don't know if I could have done that at 35 weeks. It's so funny how life is. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like my friend, she worked out and I feel like that helps people as well to like, to thrive, to push themselves, to I feel like, do you have an episode in Mamas con Ganas of like how to find ways to to do things, to not stay in the same, like working out, eating better, activities, hobbies? The yeah, dance absolutely. Do you yeah, have absolutely. I talk, about, I talk about all those things, a particular episode that would touch upon that. I can't think one, of one right on the top of my head, but I always talk about finding things in your life that bring you joy. It's like super important. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of mothers forget themselves when they become mothers. And so there's things that they loved before the pregnancy, and then they give those up for some reason. Like I could have given up dance. But I think when you are true to yourself and say, you know, this is a part of me that if I feel like if I let it go for me, dance is like my oxygen. And it's also, I think, in a way, part of an active meditation. When I don't dance, I become really moody. And just life doesn't have the same zest. I think it's important to keep those things that you love doing, that you love doing before you became a mother and maintain them as you're a mother so that you're not, (laughs) because sometimes I feel like mothers can end up resenting their children because they lose their identity. And it's tough. Like it is harder to sort of put your foot down and say, I'm going to make a time for myself because everything becomes about the child. If we forget ourselves as we're mothers, then we can't be as good of a mother as we can be if we're happy. Like if we're, if we're happy and we're feeding our souls, then our children are happy and they sense it. Oh yeah. So I, I'm a great proponent of do things that you love. Don't lose it yourself as a mother, even a mother of three and four, like always have the moment and time where if you like painting, keep doing your painting. If you like, whatever it is that you like to do, like don't lose it once you become a mom, because those are the things that will keep you fueled for all the stuff that you know that you have to deal with as a mom that can be you know I think it's the most challenging thing that we that face as women is you know sometimes is motherhood oh yeah it's true I totally agree because I remember when I first gave birth and like right after my pediatrician OBGYN came in and they were telling me like do not lose yourself do what you still do if the baby cries let the baby cry you have to like walk out of the room. You need to, you know, give yourself space, give yourself space. Don't they, they literally like just told me, oh, and they told me, don't stop dating your husband. Don't stop dating your husband. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. That mean, and like, what do you mean by that? Like, there's a lot of moms out there that give their whole life to the baby and give so much attention to the baby that they lose themselves. They lose their husband. They don't pay attention to their husband. And that's how sadly divorce, that's how it could happen. Divorce can happen. It was weird when, when I had my OBGYN and then when I would go to the pediatrician to get me list checkups, they would tell me that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, so they would give me this advice because it's true. I have a lot of friends who their babies do come first. And sometimes I have seen them lose themselves and I'm not going to lie. There's, there's been times where I feel like I've lost myself, but I think one thing that has kept me going is journalism 
to be successful, to do what I love to do. I went to school for working out. I work out four to six days a week when the baby's napping. A lot of women be like, oh, when the baby naps, I nap. And I'm like, I'm not going to nap. That's my time to have me time. I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go fix my wardrobe, go do my makeup, go do my hair because I'm not going to lie. There's been times where I'm around the house with my messy hair bun and my cute sweats, but still I need to be like you say, mamas con ganas, <laughs> you know? So I echarle ganas de ser mamá. So that's just, you know, now that I'm a mom, I, I, I agree and I understand other moms. It's, it is a challenge that we face. I was going to say, um, if you could have done something different besides mamas con ganas, what would you have done? Like, what, what would you have been besides being the podcast host for that? Or what external factor would you have wanted to go differently in building your business? Okay. So the first question, are you saying like, if I have another dream besides Mama Kungana? Yeah. Like, do you have another dream? Like if you would have been, if you have done something completely different, if you would never have done Mama's Kunganas, what would you have done? You know, one of my dreams in the future is to produce movies. I'm trying to wrap my head around how I would do that because I have such a busy schedule, but I know that I want to create some films that have to do that where we're represented more in Latinx, if you want to call them Latinos, Latinas, where our, our culture is represented more in the United States. I would love to, yeah, to do some films, to produce some films. So that's, yeah, that's the, that's the answer to your question. <laughs> okay. And then no, and that's good because if you could produce films, you were saying earlier that women, like actress women are either like the server or they're either like the hot woman in the film. You can produce a movie and cast and actresses to be something different from that and showcase because our community is so it's so amazing like and I live in Miami which is like I feel like almost like the epitome in the center of all of the Latin cultures clashing in, in together in one like there's so many different Latinos that live in Miami we have you know the Venezuelans of course like me the Colombians the Puerto Ricans the Cubans like it's just a mash mish of every mishmash of everything the Mexicans obviously as well yeah. and, and and our community is so vibrant and interesting. Yeah. We need to have more of these movies where we see ourselves represented. No, yeah, definitely. So can you share some advice for anyone with a very culturally specific business like yours or idea? I always say just go for it. Whatever it is that you're envisioning, if you feel a calling to do something, mm -hmm. it's almost, it's not almost, it is your duty to see that calling through. I really believe in it. Like as I'm getting older, the more I find like an urgency to do what it is I feel is my calling. And I know some people have this idea that, oh, if you get old, like I'm too old for this. And no, 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 no. Like my role models are women who are like way beyond the age that I am. So I'm 42 right now, but I'm always looking at women that are like doing things in their 80s and their 90s. And, and I'm thinking, oh, I have such a long way to go in terms of everything. There's like, athlete that I look up to, there's like, there's this Catholic nun, her name is Madonna Bruder. And she does like triathlons. She's done like 48 Ironmen in her life. She's like in her eighties, I actually met this woman. She's like amazing, you know? And these are the women that keep me inspired. So I say, if you have a, a vision of something that you want to do, and it's very culturally specific, just do it. There are going to be people out there who are going to need to hear your voice. And the world is waiting mm -hmm. for you to step into whatever it is that you need to step into. And I think sometimes 
when we see uh, going back to the social media, when we compare ourselves to other, we can get lost into trying to become like everybody else. But in reality, we're like unique and we're special. And whatever it is that we have to offer to the world, we can't deprive the world of that. So I say, just go for it and be persistent. Know that it's not, like I said before, it's not, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, but there is a place for you. There's definitely, and mostly right now, I mean, it's so cool because we're in a, in a time where a lot of these companies that are specifically made up diversity, like, you know, diverse people, people, companies are looking for that right now. Like there's like active sponsors, like companies that are looking to target like whatever culture and audience you're looking to talk to. So whatever your niche that it is that you want, no matter how specific it is, like know that there is a place for you. And right now is the time. There's never been a more perfect time to cater to such a niche, whatever it is that you, you know, who you represent. There's never been a more perfect time because right now they're looking for diversity. They're looking for people that are different. And they're looking to have representation of every sort in our world right now. So go for it. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely always go for what you believe in. If you had no constraints, would you start another business besides like Mamas Con Ganas? Like, would you start something else or, and what would it be? I know this is like the other question. Yeah. Well, I think I would just say the same thing. I, if I had no restraints and I knew there was absolutely no failing, I, I want to produce some movies where our culture is, is seen more like scripts for Latinas by Latinas. That's like my dream. <laughs> yeah. I've, uh, I, speaking of producing, like I took a script writing class and that was hard. And for movies, like it's a lot of work. Oh, it's so much work. Is, producing is one thing I think producing is, I think it could be fun and I love writing, but when it has to be like, I don't know, with film, it's just so different. I feel like you have to have like a really big imagination. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to put this in, in my world, but it's funny because I always have like this trust. And that's, I, I think one of the most, I think the most powerful adjective that I keep close to me is faith. Sometimes these things happen in my life that I, I think are unexplainable. And it's mm -hmm. always, I think it's attached to like a sense of faith. I mean, obviously you work, you know, you do your work. You can't just wait for the world to show up and give you like a, like a silver, like a tray, you know, just here's what you've been dreaming about. Like, the, you know, the secret, like where you are manifesting what it is that you're thinking about. I think that you're, you have to put in the work. At the same time, there's something magical about having a faith that whatever it is that you're wanting to manifest will somehow, that the pieces will all fall into place and that God has like this perfect plan for you. In my life, I see that over and over. Like, for example, this year, and it sometimes shows up when you least expect it. You know, sometimes as an actress, you can get really frustrated because sometimes, you, you know, you do these roles that you're not really necessarily like passionate about and, or you get these and you're just like, you're tired. Sometimes I've, I've become tired of like waiting and just thinking, man, is this going to be it? And then this summer, and this is why you always, I always say, treat everybody as if they're like the CEO of a company, no matter what position they're in, because you never know when they are going to be the CEO. And they're going to think of you because you were a good person. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I have a friend that I made. She's a fellow actress who started working for a production company. And ironically enough, when she had to do a casting for this movie, she thought of me. And it came from those unlikely of places. And sometimes actresses can have this like sort of competition against each other. But I've always had this sense of camaraderie with my fellow actresses because I know who else more than me can actually relate to somebody with, the, you know, with the hardships that we face as actresses. And so we became each other's fan. 
So I would go to see her plays when she was in them and she would come to see mine. We built a friendship. And then lo and behold, what is it? Like five, six years after I met her, she asked me to do an audition and I got the part and I was flown to Kansas City. And it was a, it, this was like my first film that I did as a protagonist. And it was like the best experience. And I always say, wow, the moment when I least expect it, and I always say it's God. God literally just had things come around. That's why I believe in being a good person because karma does exist. <laughs> like, yes, it, yes, it does. Everybody in the way you want to have bad karma, bad karma savvy. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated. And life works in a way. So yes, when I go back to the wanting to produce movies, I don't, I don't know exactly how or when it's going to be it's going to happen, but I know, and I have the faith that it will one day. <laughs> no, no, I definitely, no, I agree because it's like that, like in the journalism industry, yes, there is a lot of competition, but it's always really good to make friends with everyone, have contacts because these people can refer you to a job that you want. Like, in the journalism world, it's a big thing for markets. The market that I worked for here was 73. But our goal as a journalist, we want to get to number one, which is New York, number two, which is LA. But this is how you make connections. And you can just have someone that works in market two and help you out. And you never know, doors can open for you. God can open That's those doors. And it's all about being, like you said, a good person, someone and also very helpful too. Humility. I think there's nothing like humility, you know? You have to be, I feel like in journalism and acting, it's all about asking questions, humble yourself, don't think you're better than anyone because we're all learning. We're all learning, all growing together. So I was going to go and ask you some fun questions as I was reading your about me on your webpage. I'm going to ask you the question and maybe it's going to be the person. I'm not sure. So if you can meet one person dead or alive, who would that be? That's a, that's a fun question. So I know it's going to sound very like, I'm just going to say, if I could choose a dead person, it would be Jesus. Who doesn't want to meet Jesus? <laughs> I, I was talking about this to my husband today. I was like, and he goes, I was like, how would you do that? He'll babe, I know you choose Jesus. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And I'm, but yeah, how can I not? I, I just, I'd want to like rack his brain and ask him a bunch of questions. Yeah. <laughs> if it was a person alive, which is going to sound completely different, like than the Jesus answer, it would be Madonna. <laughs> so I'd be, Madonna? I've been a Madonna fan since I can remember. And I find I admire her so much for like her courage and her tenacity and her her creativity and her work ethic. Like I find Madonna is like amazing. So I would, yeah, I would love to meet Madonna, which is kind and of weird. She's still kicking. Like she's still dancing. Yeah. She's still like singing. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Wasn't she like on the MTV like Music Awards recently? I was like, she's still doing this. Yeah, I know. And if I could have Jesus and Madonna in the same room, it'd be even better. <laughs> it'd be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> it would be a very interesting conversation. It is very interesting that you said Jesus. I don't think anyone would say that. That's a really good answer. Jesus and Madonna. I thought you were going to say Ricky Martin because I oh. you love Ricky Martin. And, love Ricky Martin. I, yeah, and I've been like binge listening to his music recently, like his songs, his old songs, like the nine, I think they're nineties or two thousands, like Tal Vez, Vuelve. Those I've been to a bunch of his concerts, but I, I know that's another faith thing. I know one day I will take a picture with Ricky Martin. I've always said that when I meet Ricky Martin, I'm going to ask him, can I just take a picture going like, 
you know? Yeah, <laughs> like the, you pretend we're like, we're dating, but I know you like men. I know, I know you like men, but I totally think you're still hot. <laughs> is that bad? <laughs> he is, I just followed him on Instagram and I was like, oh wow, he looks great. Okay, what is the lo- last song you listened to? I bet it was Salsa since it, you like Salsa, but I don't know, you tell me. A Latin pop song, uh, you know that, Aceleras de mi latido. Es que me gusta todo de ti. Dun, dun. It's by, by uh, what is his name? Dao Alejandro or something. Mm-hmm. And it's this song, Es que me gusta todo, todo de ti, something like that. And I, I'm obsessed with that song. I keep listening to it. <laughs> okay, so nonstop. You've been playing. It's like always in your head. Yes, yes. Oh, well. Uh, what is your favorite food? I would say French food. But if I could have like a perfect day, meals of, of like a, a particular day, I would start out with like the American breakfast. I love waffles with my Canadian syrup, of course. Then I would have a Venezuelan lunch, like either arepas or yeah, something very Venezuelan. And I'd finish with like a French dinner. Oh my goodness. So a little bit of everything, a little bit of cultures of food. Wow. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all the questions that I have for you today. I was, it was so good to meet you, Valentina. Thank you for joining me. You have no idea. I was so, I'm so happy that we got to do this podcast together. Thank you, Jasmine. It's been a pleasure. And to all the mamacitas out there, go check out my Mamas Con Ganas podcast. You can also find me on Instagram on at Mamas Con Ganas or on my personal Instagram at Izara Val, I-Z-A-R-R-A-V-A-L. Also, my, my website, mamaconganas.com. Also, do you have a physical location? Do you meet people in, in person or anything like I, that? I do coaching. I do some coaching, mostly, particularly when people look for me for coaching. It's either for motivational, like mindset coaching, or also for like on-camera coaching. So like professionals, like for example, it could be lawyers or doctors or dentists who are feeling awkward in front of the camera. And the thing is, our world is so digital right now that what we're doing, for example, via Zoom is the norm. And it wasn't the norm before. So people that are actually very personable and always felt comfortable, you know, with people in person to person, all of a sudden they find themselves like, man, I feel like I don't have the same rapport with people through the lens and through the camera. So I coach professionals also how to get that connection through the lens and present on camera because it's a very different thing presenting live because you get the feedback right away. You know, if people are liking it, you get that sense of, okay, am I connecting with the audience or not? or with, when you do a, like a personal presentation in front of people, it's a very different thing when you are in front of a camera like this, and then you have to convey your message in a way where you're still reaching people and connecting with people through the lens. So for anybody, if somebody's interested in the coaching, they can go to info at mamasconganas.com, send me a, an email there, and, um, and there you go. <laughs> Right. Well, thank you so much again, Valentina. And thank you for inspiring other Latin women, moms, especially to get through what they've been through and just, just striving and thriving out there. It's just, it's amazing for what you do. Thank Thank you. you. Like I say, don't be a mama con drama. Let's be mamas con ganas. All right. And thank you for listening to Epifania Presents Relate and Elevate podcast. Please don't forget to check us out and subscribe at epifaniamagazine.com where you can find much more, the latest articles, events, and YouTube videos. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Epifania Presents Relate and Elevate. You can find us anywhere as Epifiana Mag. That is E-P-I-F-A-N-I-M-A-G. And we can't wait to see you out there on the internet. Have yourself a wonderful day. Bye.